Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm sitting down with Latasha Smith, Director of Provider Network Management at Molina Healthcare to talk about how health plans like Molina are addressing health disparities and social determinants of health to achieve better health outcomes for members. Latasha, first and foremost, you are one of my favorite people. So thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Sam, so much. You are also one of my favorite people as well. I am always excited to assist and be on the podcast with IHIP and Sam Says to better further the understanding of the MCOs and how we partner with our communities. And that is why I'm so looking forward to today's discussion. So let's like dive right in. We're talking about social determinants of health and health disparities. Can you just sort of walk us through why you guys are focusing on these and like what that means for Medicaid members? Like, why are we even having this conversation? So I think one of the things that the pandemic has really opened our eyes to is that we have gaps. Um, The system is not perfect at all. And how do we work with our provider community and our community agencies to bridge those gaps for our members to make sure they're not, they're receiving a whole roundabout care and not just a singular section type of care. I I love that description. And I often think um, when I think of the healthcare system, I think of like little squares of fabric and we're making a quilt and care coordination and health plans are the thread. They are pulling the different pieces together. They're closing gaps. And so that's the work that you guys are doing. And what we've talked about for so long is that you know, there are the big squares we all think about. There's hospitals, there's FQHCs, there's, you know, physician offices, specialists. But for our members, for Medicaid members, there is this whole other side of things that we don't talk about enough. And that is housing, food, transportation. I mean, like underlying exclamation point transportation. Uh, and, and, we have to work and you guys are working on addressing those social determinants of health. So like, can you talk a little bit about like what you guys at Molina have been doing to sort of tackle some of these issues and and achieve better health outcomes for members? Absolutely. When we think about Molina Healthcare and how we position ourselves, how best to treat the needs of our members, we think about our case management care coordination staff. So our case management team has a dedicated staff who's dedicated to social determinants of health. They outreach to members, they were identified, and then based on an algorithm, right? So then they determine that SDOH need, right? To shorten the, the word a little bit. They talk to those members to see what their needs are. Then they get them help to address those needs, whether it's transportation, whether it's housing, whether there's a food desert surrounding them, right? We've seen a lot on the news about the south and west sides of Chicago being impacted by some food chains being closed um, due to the pandemic. Then we um, work with them in their case manager, work with them with their physicians as well to make sure we're addressing every need that that member has. Um, Some of the other things I do want to point out is that for our case management team, they do uh, reach out to about 800 members a month. Uh, for those members, they are able to reach out and get support. We have seen a 25% reduction in ED visits. Uh, we have a dedicated housing coordinator. 
that helps people secure housing assistance as they as is needed. On the health equity, um, it's a long-standing problem and an emerging focus, right, for us. Our case management team is giving all of its leaders a challenge this year to drive at least one program to help address health disparities in the regions that they support. Those projects will help us in trying to engage 900 African-American members in Lake County to encourage an annual primary care visit. Um, African-American members have a 5% lower success rate on that than any other population in Lake County and about 2,000 members in Southern Illinois who have diabetes and a social determinant of health need to try to connect them with 481C testing. And that is how we feel like we have to take baby steps to address the needs of the members at a level where they're comfortable at and then progress to the next level and say, okay, what's the next need that you need to be met? I am so glad you pointed that out because we often struggle in explaining to stakeholders, to policymakers, to community-based organizations, why we started the foundation and why we started the fundamentals. And that is because it's member-driven. It's not um, Latasha and Samantha think this is what is best for those people. It is what do individuals think is best for them? And and so getting them, um, getting Medicaid members to you know, want to engage in their healthcare means building trust. It means building relationships and that's hard work. And you can't, um, in my opinion, build trust by not listening and trying to help members meet their needs as opposed to, you know, here's sort of our prescription for you uh, when, you, you know, they don't know the care coordinator from Adam to begin with. And so you've got to start at the basics. And I like, you know, let's just sort of, I want to like break down some of those numbers you put in perspective. And so when you're talking about a care coordinator or case manager reaching out to 800 members a month, that's like one case manager. Yes. You guys have tons and tons of case managers. So that is such a large amount of people um, having outreach where you guys are trying to address those social determinants of health, trying to understand what people need. And then when I love that you have all these different projects going around statewide to address health equity and that they're all a little different based on the region they're serving, because we know that Lake County and East St. Louis are so different. Like they're so different. different. And so what I like about that is a, you're meeting the needs of the community, but then also and healthcare, I think sometimes starting small, like, all right, let's try PCP visits up here in Lake County. We know there's a gap here. Yes. Let's try diabetes in Southern Illinois. We know there's a challenge there. And let's see what works. And if yes. it works well, let's build upon it and let's expand it or take similar like regions and learn that as well. I just think this is going to have a lot of positive impact uh, and you're going to be able to see what worked really well, what needs tinkering and how you can continue to better improve people's lives. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Sometimes when we work in healthcare, we take it and we do it at a, such a high level and say, let's move this forward. When you look at it at a grand their foundation, our members didn't need the high level. They really needed to be focused on specific needs that they really have. And every county in Illinois faces a different need. So it's no one thing works for every county. And I think the way we've broken it out and address it by those counties and where those needs are and focus on those needs will help us really try to really bridge those gaps better. 
Yes. And that's what I love. I was explaining recently the difference between um, quality, like and quality programs that exist at health plans and care yes. coordination. And I always say quality programs are, are public health. They're population yes. health. They are at the 10,000 foot level. How do we um, increase breast cancer screenings yes. for an entire community, an entire state, you know, whatever it may be. Care coordination, case management is like individual. What do you need? Do you need groceries? Do you need housing? Do you need a trip to the pharmacy? Do you need laundry services? Like, and that sometimes is hard for people in healthcare to get their heads wrapped around because it's a real shift in thinking. It's, you know, it's really member focused and it's so granular. Very granular. And I think once we really focus in on our members, and get them to you know, participate in the programs and work with their case manager, you'll begin to see the shift in healthcare that we can move this forward if we focus on the members' needs within those counties. Absolutely. And I'm certain um, that some of this work, because I think you, you said it really well, and I want to sort of reiterate the way you framed health equity, that it is a long-standing issue. Yes that has been brought into focus. And I think I think we all know that COVID and the pandemic was one of the big things that brought it into focus for a lot of people who maybe, um, you know, didn't appreciate the level of it. Can you sort of talk about what you guys have learned um, and from what you've brought in, in terms of lessons learned and how it's shaping this work? from COVID? Absolutely. One of the things I can say is that when the pandemic started, our case managers saw a tremendous increase in member engagement. Um, Members um, were expressing what their needs were. They were expressing, you know, wanting to stay on the call a little longer to talk with their case managers. And I really think that it shifted the mindset of uh, people in that they were aware. I may, this need may be bigger than what I really thought it was, right? So sometimes we may say for a member, they don't they have a grocery store within a certain uh, mileage for them. When in actuality, with certain businesses closing down, they can't just go to the corner anymore. They literally have to take transportation now to the larger grocery stores and meet that increase one and what their grocery bill is going to be, and two, the increase of the money they have to spend out to gain transportation to those places. So that really opened up a window of opportunity to say, hey, we need to really focus on this granular level of needs for our members that are now being impacted in a different way than they were last year. Um, And that opened the window and opportunity for us to say, what is it, what does it need, right? COVID presented a whole different presentation to us and how we need to respond to our member population. And I'm just so glad like you broke it down on just the fundamentals because I think it's human nature to assume that your experience, like that your individual experience, mine, yours, anybody's, is the experience of others. And so I live in an area that if one of my grocery stores closed, I have like four more that I could go to. And like, is it the one I like the most? Maybe not. Like, is it like, does it add like a minute to my commute? Maybe, but I've got a car, you know, like my experience is I have options. I am privileged. I have opportunities that, that 
and, and an ease that somebody in a different area might not have. And whether that's an area in like South side or West side of Chicago or, you know, Southern Illinois, um, where, we're, you know, where transportation becomes a different challenge when we think of rural um, parts of our state. And I just, I think it's so important to remember that different folks have different barriers to just the most basic needs. I agree with you 100% on that. We tend to think that everyone has the basic need and they don't. Transportation is is a luxury for a lot of our member populations, right? That's why we have transportation companies to make sure they can get to where they have to go for their appointments. But do we have transportation to take a member to the grocery store, right? How do our members meet that need, right? And that takes us to the shift that we have to do to say, we need to make this happen. And then because a lot of our members were, you know, they face housing issues, we have to shift to say, how do we prevent prevent our members from becoming homeless now? That is a different opportunity that affects everyone differently. So I think that COVID has identified for us that the engagement between our case management team and our management team is really needs to be key. And we just need to understand and focus on those, those items that the members need to, in order to be successful in life. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this conversation is really sort of just reiterating to me the important work that all of you guys are doing and how needed it was. Can you sort of talk about what you see moving forward and like, how are you going to build on those lessons learned um, and, and continue to you know, make progress and better serve Medicaid members? As we begin to progress and shift due to the pandemic, more partnerships, right? How do we create better partnerships with community agencies to meet those needs, those granular needs of our member population, right? That's a focus. We give back into our community engagement. We give them resources that they need. We work in conjunction with those community agencies to make sure they have those needs met. Uh, also making sure we have the resources that they need to be provided, whether it's food we can provide for them, clothing, um, by having clothing drives for them, making sure that we understand that wherever county we are needed in, we are able to meet those needs for those particular members within those counties. Um, more movement to address the social determinants of health, right? That creates partnerships within our provider community, right? Working with key hospitals that our members go to, addressing those issues that those physicians may see from those members, members not coming to appointments. Why aren't they getting to the appointment? Is there a transportation issue? Do they understand what the appointment is about? Do they need an interpreter at the appointment? And they fear not being able to understand the information that's being provided to them. And that's where we need to address it. And that's how we progress and move forward so that we can have that type of conversation with the community agencies and our provider community and create this round collaborative health between the, our MCO, Melina, the provider community that we work with in our community agencies as well. Oh, it's perfect because I think, as we all know, like the problem is longstanding. It's so complex. It's 
nothing that one individual or one organization can solve alone. And so you've learned certain things, you've identified certain needs, identified challenges, and now you're reaching out and saying, how can you help us with this? How can we collectively better serve these folks, better serve this community, um, meet their needs? And you said this earlier on, and I just want to underscore it as we wrap up. If they, if a member needs help and needs transportation to get to a doctor's appointment, to get to the pharmacy, to get to the hospital, they probably need help getting to the grocery store. And they, you know, and those are just the basics. And so how do we help people get those basic needs met? How do we help them engage in the healthcare system so that we can improve quality outcomes? And how do we continue to meet people where they are to meet their goals, help them meet their goals so that we have healthier communities? And I, I think you guys are just doing amazing work to reach that Thank goal. You. Thank you. I think one thing we want to make sure we do is create a safe space for our members, right? We want to take away the fear, the, the, the guest game out of, the, out of their health care. Right. We want to make it as plain and as simple as it is for them. We want to make sure that they have they trust their doctors. They feel like they're being heard by their physicians and they want to make sure on the other side that they feel like they have the resources that they need. And in creating that roundabout care, I think you give the member the wholeness that they are looking for. And when you give a member that type of freedom and that type of privilege to be able to say, I am whole then you create a chain reaction within the whole space. Oh, Latasha, I feel like I could just cry from joy of how fulfilling and rewarding this conversation has been. I mean, goodness, we all need a safe space in these challenging times and the work that you guys are doing to give that to Medicaid members, our most vulnerable in society. I just, I want to thank you and your team for the work you do every day. I want to thank you for making Illinois a better place. Um, And I want to just thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Latasha. You're always welcome, Sam. We always enjoy these conversations, especially when we can address them and help our members and provider community understand that we'll focus on helping them to be successful. This conversation has just been phenomenal and and such an important topic. And I I really hope that, of course, you'll come back and join me for another episode and talk about all those health equity programs and sort of like your findings of them and and what you're going to build on and the work and success that you've had with them, because I know they're going to do great work. Absolutely. Oh, good, good. Well, to our listeners, thank you so much. To learn more about what IMIP is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today, we encourage you to visit our website, imhip.net. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Olds Fry, the Sam and Sam says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.